today on The Dialogue. Divorce, the infamous process of terminating a marriage or marital union. You might not be aware of it, but Kenya's divorce rate approximates 40% of the population. In today's episode, my guest, Evelyn, unfortunately, is among that percentage. Uh, so Evelyn, thanks for coming to the show. I deeply appreciate you making time for this. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Evelyn has been divorced for about 10 years now. And different people have different reasons that lead to their divorces. And here's what Evelyn strongly believes are hers. Well, I think there's a lot of things that uh, contribute to divorce. It's a lot, yeah? But some of the things that I can talk about is, one is uh, unfaithfulness, and then there was unfaithfulness, and there was lack of communication. And I think, to be to be honest, what contributes to contributed to my, my divorce is when we were getting into the marriage, we, didn't, we both didn't have like a common goal. Yeah, so that's, that's the major thing that contributed to that because now there was no commitment. What do you mean by common goal? Common goal, I realized when I was getting into marriage, this is a man, my ex-husband was 10 years older. So he had reached a point where I was ready to get married and start a family. And I was young, I was just getting out of high school. I had not joined my, my college. So the reason why I got into it is because I wanted accommodation in the city. Yeah, because I was coming from the village, I've just cleared my high school, so I was figuring out life, and I decided to come to the city. And here, I found a man who fell in love with me, and he wanted to start a family immediately. So you see, he was looking for family, I was looking for accommodation. Besides not sharing, and I quote her, the common goal, Evelyn admits that she primarily got married because she wanted accommodation. I was curious to find out whether she's ever had any regrets when she looks in retrospect. Yes, there are things when I look back, I realize I could have done better. For once, I think I should have been very clear with my intention when I was getting married. Because I think when you are in love, there's a lot of, you'll commit more into what the other person wants. Or rather, you'll be, you'll be willing to, to handle a lot more. I wasn't ready at first. I wasn't ready. So he started off shakily. And then now, by the time I was now, I wanted the marriage. So much had happened and a lot of mistakes had been made. And it was difficult for us to reconcile. Like for, for example, I kept at first even getting children. I felt I was doing it for him. I wasn't ready. So, you know, it made me go through postpartum depression because I wasn't happy. It's like I wanted to be perfect. I wanted him to be a perfect father because he wanted children, you see. But I learned to love my children later. So I think that is one of the things. And then I, when I look back, I think I was too young also to, to handle situations as they came. Like just to handle a husband because I didn't go through the, you know, the counseling before getting married. Yeah, I didn't go through that. So I didn't learn so much. So I made a lot of mistakes, like communication. I was a bit wild, but I will keep quiet for, I will watch things happen without saying anything. I just pile up, you know, emotions. And then one day I just erupt. So I was a bit, like I was going through a lot of emotional turmoil and that brought a lot of fights. 
and at some point it made him become violent. So when I look at it, I'm not saying it's good for a man to be violent. Uh, what I'm trying to say is I contributed to it at some point. Yeah, by being like verbally violent and then he will be physically violent. There was a lot of blame game going on. Yeah. And then another thing, when I look at it now, I will have approached it differently. How to just handle like maybe he's coming home late and I want to go through his phone to know who he was with, who he's been communicating with. Now that at my age, 10 years later, I think I will have handled it differently. Like just find a way of a way to communicate it with him. Not at that point where he's coming from a club and maybe he's drunk. Yeah, so I will have handled it differently now. But then I will be like a bit like eruptive, like I'll just blow out or I just blow off and start start fighting. You mentioned uh, quite a few times. I mean, for quite a few times, you've mentioned the word unfaithfulness. Is it, was it on both sides or? I want to be very honest. It was both sides. The time I was moving in with him, was getting married. I was already seeing someone. So I didn't stop that relationship. And so he, he came to know about it. And because he was trying to create a family, he just ignored it. Okay, we talked about it. it he didn't feel like it was paining him much or he didn't sound like was he felt i felt like he would be able to handle it and that also brings the aspect of age difference because you feel the other person should understand better because they are older you don't look at them as a partner like same level you want to think like they are father figures so they should know better so i felt like okay you know i'm still seeing someone who came into my life when i was seeing this person you should be able to understand like i cannot just cut it so i will call that unfaithfulness it started with me and then now, by the time I was ready to settle, that was like three years later after having my firstborn. Three years in the marriage. Yeah, three years in the marriage. That's when I realized now I need to settle. Yeah, my mind now was at a state where I needed to settle because as a mother, I was seeing my child and I needed to give security to my child. Yeah, but now it was too late. The man already had made, I think he had already decided this is not going to work at that point. Yeah. So we stayed through for another seven years because I stayed in marriage for 10 years. But I will tell you the problems, the big problems started way early in the marriage. Three years in the marriage, that's how long it took Evelyn to start thinking about settling down. She needed to give security to her child. She already knew that her husband made up his mind on the future of the marriage. Knowing so, any endeavor that will help fix a marriage she was keen to give it a try. Yes, because now when it reached a point where he started now cheating, when he made up his mind the marriage was not going to work, at one point I I actually got someone, I, I, I got someone to talk to, a psychologist. She was introduced to me by the my ex-husband's family. Yeah, because now you see I was going through postpartum depression, I was already having all these things happening, you know. So they felt I needed to see someone. Yeah, I tried a lot of, tried to commit suicide so many times. I was not able to handle the hardships that were already there at this point. So when I met her, the first, I think the their comment that she made that made me feel like she was siding with the other side, with the, with the other family, my ex-husband's family. Because I remember she asked me, where do you come from? And I said, where? The area, like my, my village. And being someone from the same tribe, I think she just felt that part of the 
because I come from the lakeside and there's a lot of prostitution going on around the lakeside, she felt women from that side are already promiscuous. So when she mentioned that, I just felt like she was siding with the, with the other family. So it didn't go well. And from then, I think I resulted to not talking to anyone about my problems. I decided to just be writing them down. Yeah, so I just write, like currently I write, when I'm going through a situation, I just write it down and post it on social media. Because when I do that, I feel like I'm not ta targeting anybody. I just putting it out there so that I can be heard without, in, like, without, without expecting an advice. So that makes it easier for me, especially when you're talking and you don't feel, you feel like nobody really, you are not expecting anything back. Because with the doctor, I felt disappointed. I was expecting that she'll learn like how the brain works, how maybe where I am at that point and give me advice, but I felt judged. So that made me feel like every time you are sharing, it's like someone is already judging you. And if they are able to speak it out, already that will make you feel like you're talking to the wrong person because you're looking for empathy at, at that point. You want someone to sympathize with you. Yeah, so I, I liked that when I talked to the doctor. You said it didn't go well. And then you say that when you explained to her, the doctor, where you were from, you thought like she already had made up her mind about people from your yeah. side. Mm. It's very common to feel judged when you're telling people something that you're not very comfortable with. But don't you think that maybe that was the case? I'm not belittling what you're saying, right? But don't you think that maybe you also made up your mind to think that way of her? No, actually, she said it. I'm not even assuming it's something that she blurted out. She said, oh, you, so you come from Rusinga. Yeah, like people from Rusinga are promiscuous. So that's the reason why you are being promiscuous to your husband. But you see, at that point, I had stopped Wouldn't all that. Wouldn't you call it stereotyping? Yes, I felt stereotyped. Like she, she didn't talk to me as an individual. And I felt like my case was an individual case. She did not have to place it from where I come from. Yeah. So I felt that was wrong. So now you've come up with your own way of coping. Uh, of coping with uh, with with reality. Yes. By posting it on social media. By mm. writing it first and then posting then I post it, it yeah. on social media. Mm. How often do you write? It depends with how I'm feeling on that day. Yeah. So my writing is basically from how I'm feeling. There are days when I'm feeling happy. Maybe I'll post things that that shows I'm happy. There are days when I'm just going through some things in my life. Then I'll just post something in relation to that without overexposing myself. But you know, the art of writing, when you are putting down, it's like you're, you're pouring down your emotions. So by posting outside there, it feels like you didn't just pour out your emotions and buried it. You feel like it's already out there in the universe. So somehow it's therapeutic to me. Have you ever shared your your notebook with someone? No, I haven't, apart from sharing it with uh, like bits of it on online, but not 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 the whole notebook, yeah. Okay, so let's go back to the main topic. Uh, before you talk about post-divorce, at what point did you realize that it was definitely over? Wow. Okay, 
I knew it was over when the fights became many, like we, we would fight so many times and they were physical. So that is one of them. And then we went, every time we fought, we were not trying to, we were not find, trying to find a solution. Like we already decided, not me, but my husband then, every time we fought, he was decided. You could tell like he was final, like just leave my house. So he kept sending me away. So I think I left, I was sent away from my house more than five times. And every time I will be back, I'll just try to beg him. Yeah, because now, you know, we had now my second one was already there. So we had two children. So every time maybe I will leave and I was a, being a housewife, life will be difficult outside there. So I will, I will try to talk him to understand that the children are suffering so that he could allow me to come back and he continues taking care of us. At that point, I noticed, I didn't know. Remember, I got into this for accommodation, so I was looking for financial security. Yeah? And now I ended up being a housewife because I did not go to college. I started making babies immediately. And then now, uh, to bring up these children, I took time at home, at home, being a housewife. So every time he would send me away, it made me feel I did not have the security the financial security to take care of my children better. You see? So I will feel like I wasn't giving my children the best life they ought to have uh, had with their dad. Yeah, so I will ask him to come back for that. And then also the, just the feeling of being a single mother. That also made me feel I need, I need a husband, like I need to go back to my husband. So I will talk him into agreeing that I come back. So within the 10 years that we lived, we separated five times. I mean, you were chased away five times? Yeah. And others will go up to like a year. And then we get back together. So the final one, it was too much. I felt I was being accused wrongly for too many times just because I was promiscuous at the beginning. The trust was gone. So every time I felt like he was now the one who was being unfaithful but he made it look like it was me because it started with me. And since I knew the truth, I knew he was doing wrong things and blaming them on me. I felt I wasn't ready to take that too long. How did you know? Because I knew he was, I mean, his girlfriends were calling me. Yeah, people were calling me. I will get messages, you know, like you were just trying to let me go. So he allowed it to happen. Yeah, he allowed his girlfriend to talk to me. He will leave messages from the girlfriends, like someone says, I'm expecting your baby, he just leaves it there for me to see. So the final one, I felt the blame game was too much. The physical fights were too much. I was getting hurt so many times. Uh, it, it really got bad, it got bad. There are times I will be held by the neighbors. Neighbors will come to my rescue. So it was actually, my life was at risk. And then, so I decided actually the last time he sent me away and I told him I'm not going. And that generated a big fight. Yeah, so that generated a very big fight. We could have lost our lives, but we didn't. And then he walked away. So when he left, I just locked the door and threw his things outside. Because I knew it was final, yes. <laughs> I knew it was final. Despite all the fighting, the quarrels, 
and cheating, the couple's sex life was still on point. So Evelyn deemed it worthy for her child to have a sibling with the same husband. I sat myself down and told myself, okay, I'm not going to have only one child. Yeah, I felt like my child needed a sibling. And I felt if this sibling has to come, he has to come, she has to come from the same man. So my second born was actually me who decided to have the child. He wasn't in for it. But I made a decision because our sex life was never affected, funnily enough. So we were all fighting and doing all this, but our sex life was still happening. A lot of things happened in between those fights and the separations. A lot of things happened. A lot of things were happening. What were those things? You know, a lot of things. <laughs> in the separations, we will get into other relationships. So we will be separated for maybe a year or a few months and we move on. If you have a strong love connection, if you separate for five months, you don't have to start looking for other people. So every time we are separated, he will be dating another person, I will be dating another person. Uh, I don't mean to judge. When you say when you love someone and you get separated, that's not a reason for you to look for someone else. But both of you are doing the same thing. Yes, so that's why I say we lacked love in that relationship. So the both of you? Yeah, there, there, there are times that we got to know what the other person was doing because there are times, there was a time we separated, he remained with my son. I didn't have my daughter at that time. So he remained with my son. And then I came to see the child at some point. Then I knew there was another woman in the house. Yeah. And then also during another period when we were separated, I got a job with an NGO and I met, I met a boyfriend there. And he got to know about it. I don't know, a friend of mine maybe would have shared with him. So he knew about it. So there are different times when you knew we were seeing some other people. And funnily enough, every time he knew I was seeing another person, he would want me to... Those are the only times that I didn't have to beg him to get back to his house. Those are the times now he will come looking for me, saying, oh, this is the mother of my child, this is my wife, you know? When you guys patched things back, have you, did you tell him of what you'll be doing when y'all separated? So there was no straight conversation about what uh, would you guys do on the sides. It was mostly about uh, you finding out through someone that he's yeah. doing something. Yeah, so it's not like the other person will tell you I'm dating, no. And uh, you said you tried. Uh, to commit suicide. And I'm, I'm happy that you didn't, otherwise you would not have been here. What stopped you? Okay. At first, trying to, okay. At first, trying to commit suicide was like to get his, his attention. Because I remember my first, I was having a postpartum depression. Uh, my baby was months old. So I tried, I just, he was around. So I knew he would definitely, I was looking for his attention. I was looking for the love and all that. I felt it wasn't there. So, the first time I attempted, I locked myself in the bedroom, but made sure he was around. Okay? So he knew. Then now he came to my rescue. He rushed me to the hospital. So even for him to rush me to the hospital, he had to call a sister who had a car, his sister. So the sister took us to the hospital. So the family already knew. There was a lot of drama happening. That was the first time. So when I got pregnant, I decided I'm going to keep my baby. 
and he he, he didn't want anything to do with it. Sorry, you decided you wanted to keep your baby. Have you ever decided to not do so? Yes, there are times when I I decided I didn't want there I there were a lot of terminations at the same time because I wasn't on contraceptives because of my uh, emotional imbalances. So, yeah, they were they were they were. Are you okay? You getting emotional? No, I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm just thinking like it's not right to to mention certain things. <laughs> If you don't feel comfortable. No, no, no. Okay. I'm fine. Yeah, so I was telling you my with my last born going through a very difficult period of pregnancy where we separated bedrooms he didn't want anything to do with me so i went a, through a lot of emotional turmoil and a lot of thinking but because i wanted this child i decided to be sane okay so during the, that pregnancy i didn't want to hurt my baby i just handled it i got a job i found myself a job so i was active i bought my baby clothes so apparently with postpartum depression i don't know patients it's like their pregnancy is the best time for them But then the moment the baby comes it's like they start feeling the guilt why did i bring this child to the to the world so i think that is what happens so i enjoyed my pregnancy and tried everything possible to give birth to a safe child so that is one of the reasons why i didn't want to take anything that could harm my child so yeah during that period there was a lot of just soul searching and all that and then the moment i gave birth to my baby the man left Yeah, he left me he took our son and left me with this with this baby. So one thing first he denied the child. He said that is not his child. There was no proper reason why he would say that. It's just because he didn't want anything to do with the baby. So I also felt I had a responsibility to take care of this child because now this is a man who has left. He left me, he went to stay with his sister. Hmm? He went to stay with his sister, him and my baby. So I was left with the with a like an infant like weeks old so i felt like i needed to be strong at the same time i was fighting i was going through all this depression and all that you know so it was a very bad period so this is what happened i used to i was never not feeding i was breastfeeding but not feeding for some reason yeah so it reached a point i would just lie down i would put a bible on one side and then the drugs on one side then i prayed so i will just pray i tell god you see now you feel like you've reached your end but you have a very healthy child by your side you don't have the strength to what do you call it it's a very that, okay now that part is emotional <laughs> I, I, i get you oh my god you said he denied the kid he at that specific the child. Yeah. yeah he denied the child mm-hmm. at that specific time when you was pregnant before the nine months and after the nine months had he caught you doing something on the side he didn't he's the one who actually was having women so within that time period you were 100% faithful yet he was trying to pin on you um things that you've done on your past yes now he was trying to bring you know it it was an excuse for him yeah i'm getting you and like every human evelyn's health just couldn't keep up She lost her hair to alopecia, but found her solace through her children. First, I got an autoimmune disease, alopecia. So I lost a lot of hair up to today, like 15 years later, I've not regained. Then I went through a very bad anxiety. Like, 
it took a lot of peace and calm and working on it for it to for me to get over that how did you cope with anxiety let me tell you okay after that we didn't last longer before now it was final so the fact that the uh he wasn't there in my life because i feel he was a he was a what he was a trigger okay so the moment the trigger left i felt i felt different and not so many times did i feel like anything was annoying me because now i was left with the children and you know children as children can heal you especially if they are your children and you love them they can heal you so i felt it was easy to cope because initially you will be trying to cope and then something come in maybe you start fighting and then you go back from where you started okay but now that i was alone it was easy i made all the decisions whether i want peace of mind or or not yeah it was very easy after that in fact i i i i find myself after marriage that i felt i felt my i found my strength after marriage yeah after divorce i found my strength i felt like i'm this powerful woman who can achieve anything that i put my mind to and the second thing uh which is a must to me to know i mean <laughs> it's it's a must for me to go through this otherwise uh it wouldn't sound good how did the kids handle the whole thing okay it it you know the kids witnessed the fights they witnessed the violence we've talked about it but i for them it's also f- they found peace because you know when two parents are ever fighting the home is not peaceful so the moment their father left the home became peaceful Okay. And then now I was trying to cope so I needed a lot of calmness and all that. So we'll just sit down and talk, especially my daughter was so attached to to the dad. And she was young. She he left when she was like 6 uh, years old. 5 years old, yeah. was it? Yeah. Around 5 years old. And they were attached. So I tried to talk to my daughter just to get to know how she was feeling, asking her about dad, nini, you know things like those handling post divorce co-parenting and all that it's a whole story yeah because it doesn't come easy even that one doesn't come easy there's a lot that happens so what i've tried to cut my story short what i've tried is to bring peace between to allow the man to see his children whenever he feels like whether he contributes or not because i came to realize the children needs him in their life yeah So that is something I've allowed. Uh there was a lot of financial struggles and all that but it reached a point I decided if if I'm healthy I can and I have a brain and a mind I can still sustain myself without him. Yeah so for some time we just allowed him to live his life the way he wanted it. Whether he gives us money or not we'll just he lives his life we sustain ourselves as well. We're wrapping up this episode yeah and this may sound really weird um <laughs> it is very common uh-huh. for people who are divorced to try to fix it no. or to patch things back I- i'm not done yet mm. <laughs> to try you don't want me to ask the question or no 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 you can ask the question yeah mm. it's very common for them to try to patch things back either sexually mm-hmm. 
or mentally? Did you reach? You know what? It's very common for people to backslide. Yeah. Yeah. Sexually. Let me put it that way. Yes. Did you at any point uh, happen to go through that? It's funny that even after separation, we we tried. Okay, not we. I tried. Apparently, I think he must have been enjoying intimacy with me. He wanted to continue with the intimacy without being my husband. Okay. So what happened is at some point I felt by giving him continuing the intimacy, he will come back eventually. Because, you know, you fight and all that. Then you sit down and you're like, no, I want my family back. That happens very fast within a month. But then you see he had made up his mind because all along he didn't want this family. How long did it take you to... To stop. Yeah. It took us two years. We kept on and off. Like, we'll, we'll meet every time we just have intimacy. Yeah. So after two years, I realized, okay, this man is not coming back. And he's actually using me. So I decided, I just decided to stop. Before we finish, is there anything you would like to advise the young generation on? Well, for the... Yes, yes, yes. For the young generation, I'll say the dating period... Take that time to talk about your objectives in this marriage. The common goals. Yes, it's very important. If you have common goals, it will be easy to commit. That is number one, because that is the beginning of all troubles, especially for me. And then during marriage, uh, you should go for counseling from someone who doesn't know any of you. So you go as a, you go for couple. And it doesn't have to be a religious, I don't think religious background might even help as well because the lifestyles are different and someone might feel judged. Okay. So get a counselor, a neutral counselor. Yeah. Uh, that is number two. So during dating, communicate, communicate. Uh, during marriage, whenever there are problems, get a neutral counselor. And then if it doesn't work, don't waste your time. I mean, it, obviously you'll, you'll know it's, you don't have to back and forth you know so maybe if it can't work just under accept and move on i'm not saying divorce is everything but to avoid emotional or physical problems that you might achieve by going through a long-term stress in the marriage yeah you want to avoid that because life is important than anything else i deeply appreciate your time evelyn and i hope to see you soon on maybe something else hey there well, you've managed to get to the end of this episode. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Yours truly, Celia Gaps.